Good morning. How's everyone doing? Good. Well, hey, a couple of things. Um, before we get started, if you don't have a Bible and you need a Bible, just go ahead and raise your hand and someone will grab you a Bible. And as they're getting ready to pass out Bibles, um, I don't know about you, but sometimes I'm distracted by things. Ben, I don't know how you can play the keyboard and the trump at the same time. I have trouble clapping and singing. <laughs> and that's a lot easier. So great job, worship team. And then the second thing is, this just hit me as Kathy was up there doing the children's message. We're excited that this next year we're going to be having tutoring at True North. Um, Kathy Huner is going to be doing tutoring. So we're excited about that. So if you are interested in any of that um, services that she can do, talk to Kathy. She'll do a great job. And I know that I'm excited. Um, I'm ex and I get to witness what she does firsthand because my little girl comes home and sings songs. And sometimes she combines songs and um, combines things. So I get to witness what she does. I'm still confused by the water to wine. For some reason, that is her favorite lesson. Every time, water to wine, that's all she wants to talk about. But those things. So um, I have a brick here. And um, I know I did this a couple of weeks ago with the, the track team here in Wasion, but what are some things that we can do with a brick? Just shot them out. Throw it. I expected that from these guys up here. I, I did this team time, I think, 10 times this year. And throw it was always the first response. And throw it like through a window, throw it at a car. Th and my only response to that is, if you throw it, you will be behind a bunch of bricks. So what are some other things we can do with a brick? What? Make a patio. That's good. I haven't heard that one yet. Other things. Barbecue grill. Somebody else said something? What? Oh, that's good. That's a new one too. Build a house. There's lots of things we can do with a brick, but if we have a bunch of them, if we look at a bunch of bricks, a lot of times they look just the same. I mean, think about that. If there's a pile of bricks... You go to Menards, Lowe's, and all that, and you look at the pile of them. Yeah, there might be one that the corners are off. It's busted up a little, but they look the same. And a lot of times in our lives, we kind of think of ourselves as a brick. You know, we're just one person in a big pile, and there's not really a lot that separates us. And I know you're going, boy, this is encouraging. Thanks. But we all have those days when we're like, oh, does anybody even notice if I'm here? You know, when we show up, we're going, did anybody see I was here? Did anybody care if I was here? And the thing about this brick was, this brick was given to me by my grandparents. And they wrapped it up, they put it in a shoebox, and I opened it. And you're going, boy, thanks. A brick. Woo! And my grandma's like, look at it. Look at it. And as I looked at it, I flipped it over, and on the bottom, it said my name. It says Daniel on the bottom. And my grandparents found this, and they thought, wow, this is really cool. In Northwest Ohio, if you ever took Ohio history, at one time there were 120 brick factories. So I'm guessing there's a brick factory named Daniel because they, there's a brick stamp Daniel. But the thing is, no matter what we think, so many times, even though we think we are just one of many, 
in a pile. There's nothing that separates us. Something separates each and every one of us. And God wants each and every one of us to know that we are loved, we are cared for, and he is calling us to do faithful things in our lives. And as we get ready to jump into the message today, I thought about this. What ways do we sometimes think we're just one of many? One of many. And, you know, families, jobs, sports, school, those are all areas where we're often tested to think, are we just one of many? I mean, think about that. If you don't show up at your job, yeah, they're probably going to notice you're not there. But a lot of times, things go on as normal. And do you come back the next day and you just have double the work? Or, you know, if you don't show up at your family or you don't, you're not there, you kind of pull out, yeah, things go on as normal, but, you know, really, do they notice? Sports. Sports. I know a lot of times when I was in sports and as I talked to uh, athletes in sports, sometimes they go, does coach even care if I'm here? Does coach even care? And as I shared this, with one school, the coach teared up, and he said, wow, did you know what happened a couple, couple of days ago? The kids didn't show up. And he goes, they all decided they were going to skip practice. And he goes, that is exactly what we needed. We needed to know that we were cared their love for, and their notice when they're not there. School. School. A lot of times we think, you know, does people notice me at school? Do the teachers notice I know we have, some student, we have some students and some teachers in here. Do you guys notice when your, your students aren't there? Yeah, I'm looking at Yeah? Sometimes you wish they weren't there probably too. <laughs> but yeah, we all are noticed. And the thing that I know, this I know, the, the whole title of this message is that God notices each and every one of us. And God loves each and every one of us. And we need to act that out in faith. We need to act that out in faith. So if you have your Bibles, open it to Hebrews 11. It is going to be, if you grab the Bible off the back, it's going to be page 941. If you have your electronic versions, you guys can race those with the paper versions and see who wins the battle for getting there first. I was able to cheat and put my bookmark in there beforehand, so I didn't have to worry about turning there. Okay, it says in Hebrews 11, 1, it says, Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. I read a different version here. I mean, another version says, Now faith is being sure. Maybe it's the same version. Okay. Um, It is the same version I've written down. But there are a number of things in there that we're going to talk about today. But before we jump into that, I always like to give a little bit of the history of the book. Um, And Hebrews was written by either three people. We're not really sure who it was written by. It was either written by the Apostle Paul, it was written by Barnabas, or Apollos. Now, why is that important? Because the book of Hebrews has excellent, excellent grammar. And um, the person that wrote this book had meticulous grammar. So every word that he chose to put in this book was a powerful word. It was, had a distinct meaning. And I know in our English language, we kind of throw words around a lot of times, and we, you know, don't think about their full meaning. But in the Greek, 
in the Hebrew, they had less words than we have now. So when they said a word, sometimes it had multiple meanings or it had more force and more power. So th that's why that's important. The second reason why um, we're going to be looking at this is this talks about the absolute supremacy of Christ. That's the reason for writing this book. The absolute supr supremacy of Christ. And that's important because as we look through certain books of the Bible, there are certain books that highlight or talk about, you know, different attributes of God, different qualities of God. So if you ever are thinking, you know what, I'm not really sure about this God thing. I'm not sure about Jesus. This is a good book to read because it talks about the supremacy of Christ. So um, I have a quote here that I came across that I think really talks about that whole essence of this whole chapter, and it's talking about faith. It's about um, Dr. Oswald Sanders says, faith enables the believing soul to treat, to treat the future as present and the invisible as seen. I think that's what Kathy was trying to say when she asked the kids for their definition of faith. You know, say that again. Faith enables the believing soul to treat the future as present and the invisible as seen. Really, stepping out in faith is believing in something that we can't see, that we don't know it's going to be there. So, um, I think I have a slide up there, Dan, and it has the whole verse up there. And I underlined certain things in it. So we just talked about faith, and it's about being sure. So if you have your Bibles, if you want to, you can grab a pen. And I think we should underline some of these things. I'd underline faith, because this whole chapter is about faith. I'd underline being sure of. I'd underline certain of what we do not see. And I would underline ancients. And so we've already talked about the definition of faith. We're going to jump into being sure of being sure of. This is a word in Greek that's called hypostatic, status. Oh, I'll get it right. But this word also means the hypostatic union. Has anybody ever heard that word? Thank you, Ben. Landon? I'm looking for... Oh, Landon, yeah. I was going to say, we're going to be talking about Landon a little later. If you hadn't learned that word, you may not have a job tomorrow. <laughs> but the hypostatic union is about how... Christ was fully man, but fully God at the same time. That's where they get this word. Now, what does this mean? This means that it was firmly planted, that assurance, firmly planted. And this word was a um, philosophy word that the Greeks used. And I think of it like this. I think of you standing on a firm foundation, a firm foundation. You know, you don't ever go in and dig a couple of inches and pour some concrete and then build your house on it. Or if you did, this winter would have destroyed your house. It would have been all whopper-jawed and you'd had some issues. But you have to dig down deep. And that is the assurance. That's where you, your bedrock is. That's where your faith really stands. So the being sure of, the assurance, is our first word that we underline. The second word is... Um, Eklos, and um, this is the proof that what the thing, the thing, which thing is proved or tested. So it's proved or tested. And I think of it like this. I think if I were to go out and put a roof on my house, but it were to never rain, never blow, never do anything where that roof was tested, I would never know if I really 
you know, put a good roof on. But when it rains, you know, we find out really quickly, did, did this roof that you just put on your house work or is it leaking? You know, that's the word, you know, for evidence or being certain of. So these two words here really complement each other. So that's why we're doing a little bit of background here. They really complement each other. It's being sure of and being, you know, um, certain. They complement each other. The last word that we want to talk about, and really the whole rest of this chapter, chapter talks about, is the ancients. What do they mean by ancients? What do they mean by ancients? They mean that throughout the rest of Hebrews 11, they go through and they talk about all the people who practiced their faith who really went out and they didn't just say, I have a head knowledge of this, I think it's going to work. They said, you know what, I'm going to work out my faith. I'm going to work out my salvation. And as we look through, and if you just want to flip with me, we have a number of people that I am sure that we have talked about or you've heard. You have Abel, you have Enoch, you have Noah, you have Abraham, you have Isaac, you have Jacob, you have Joseph, Moses, you have um, Jacob, maybe I said his name already, and Rahab. So you have all these people that didn't just have a head knowledge of their faith, but they also had a practical knowledge. And, you know, as I thought about this, I thought, you know, Noah would have been one of those guys that had to act out his faith. You know, if one of us has a vision of God and we're told to build something, probably 99% of the population around us would think we're crazy. They would probably want to commit us to a mental institution. But not only did he have that, you know, that visitation from God, that commandment from God to go build out an ark, he went and built that ark. And that is acting out in faith. That is acting out in faith. Then we have Moses. And, you know, we just keep going on and on about all these ancients who acted out their faith and really took it to the next level. So, so, if we don't act out our faith, if we don't test out our faith, really the question is, is our faith real in our lives? Is our faith real in our lives? And the reason why we're talking about faith is as our college graduates, as our high school graduates graduate from, from school and get prepared for their next steps, they're really going to go out and they're going to test their faith. They're going to say, you know, is this church thing, is this Jesus thing that I'm involved with, that I worship, that I go to church, is this real in my life? Or is this something that I just have a great head knowledge of? Because no matter where you go, you're going to always constantly be tested. Constantly be tested. And I see that as, you know, I go into schools. I see students that are great kids, but they hang around maybe with the wrong person and they start going down that bad road. Sometimes you see this at work. You know, you see a person that comes in, they're full of energy, they're a great person, but they get involved with the wrong crowd. And as they get involved with the wrong crowd, they start to walk away. You know, they start to have faith in other things. And, you know, if you don't believe that, just as you're sitting there listening to your friends, see how many of the same phrases you say. See how many of the same actions you do. I know that when I hang out um, for a long extended period of time, um, I often pick up a couple of phrases. One phrase is, um, how's that working out for you? I, I say that one, and right away my wife looks at me and goes, I can tell you've been hanging out with somebody. You know, if I say, 
you know, a couple other phrases, my wife will say, I can tell who you've been hanging out with. I can tell what you're building into yourself. So what does this mean practically for us today? Well, this is a time when, you know, whether or not we want to believe it or not, just as this brick is, we're all special. We're all cared for. We're all loved. And really the first step that we have to make is we have to decide, do I have faith in Jesus? Do I have the faith to take these next steps? And a lot of times we think, well, you know, I think I do. But that's the head knowledge. You have to step out in that faith and actually take those next steps. So my first challenge would be, you know, if you've never accepted Jesus in your life, given your life to him, this is really the first step you have to do. The second step is, if you've already done that, if you've already committed your life to Christ, the second step is, are you acting that out? Are you living that faith out? Are you going around and telling people about him? Are you showing the love of Christ? Or are you walking around just like this brick this way and acting like there's nothing special about yourself or about anybody around you? Because really, faith is treating everyone like they're special. They're important. They're loved. They're cared for. So I'm going to um, ask that our graduates come on up right now. As they're coming on up, Dan is going to pop up a slide for me that has some information for each of them. Seniors. Seniors. Okay. You guys have a two-for-one deal, don't you? Good. Okay. I was going to say, don't make, don't make me call you out now. Don't be mean like that now. If there's any other seniors that I didn't know about, you can feel free to come up and we will take care of you. But what we're going to do is we're going to go down the, the row. And there's just three, maybe four, I should be reading. Four questions. What's your name? What's your next steps? If you're graduating from high school, you're graduating from college, what are your next steps? And then, I'm going to have you come on up. I missed you. No, no. <laughs> come on up. You graduated? I'm sorry. What are your next steps? You know, and then how can we be praying for you as you take these next steps? Because we want to be a praying church. We want to be lifting you up, and we want to be seeing you act out your faith. So who wants to start? Okay, thanks, Landon, for volunteering. <laughs> I was going to say, Landon, tell us about yourself. All right. Uh, you know, most people, my name is Landon Jackson. Um, just take a second on this question. Uh, I just graduated last Saturday from Grace College in Warsaw, Indiana. Uh, with a degree in youth ministry and biblical studies. As far as my next steps, uh, actually starting tomorrow, I'll be on staff part-time here. <laughs> And other than that, I'll be working part-time somewhere else. Don't know exactly where that is yet. Um, as far as praying for me, uh, just praying for this transition period in my life, transitioning out of school, finally, and into the real world. Um, and then with starting here, and then whatever other job I end up finding. So just praying for me uh, in that way. 
My name is Lauren Rupel. Um, I haven't technically graduated yet, um, but I will be graduating from the University of Toledo with a master's in education. Um, my next steps are to hopefully find a job somewhere, hopefully. So that is what you can be praying for me for, just being able to find a job where I'm happy and secure and can do what I love. Um, I'm Sam Norman, and next Sunday I'm graduating from Wauseon High School as a senior. Um, then this fall I'm going to The Ohio State University to major in agricultural education, uh, hopefully coming back to this area to teach, but I'll go wherever life and God leads me. Um, if you could just be praying, this week we have our softball games finishing out, and right now I'm the only pitcher for Wauseon High School, so anything we do I'm doing by myself. Uh, so if you just be praying for that, that'd be great, and just going on to Ohio State and working through God down there. Uh, my name is Marin Schaffner, and yes, Landon is my brother. So our parents get a double whammy this fall or this spring. Um, I'm graduating from Wauseon High School, and in the fall I'll be going to Heidelberg University, where I will be playing soccer and majoring in psychology and athletic training. Um, I guess I would appreciate it if you guys would pray that I am able to find a church to attend while at college and that I'm able to be surrounded by the right people and good influences. My name is Nikki Waltz. I graduated yesterday actually from Lord's University in Sylvania um, with a Bachelor's of Science in Education. Um, next steps, I actually was one of the two education majors that got to graduate yesterday with a job already lined up. So. Um, I feel very, very blessed and fortunate to have that going for me. And um, so I will be teaching biology, anatomy, and forensic science next year at Crestview High School um, in Convoy, Ohio. So it's a bit of a commute, but sounds like a good deal other than that. So um, you could be praying for my commute to work every day, to and from work. Um, also, just I really, really look at um, being a teacher as my mission field. So just that God would use me in the life of every single one of my students. Um, in ways that I may not even realize, um, and just to be shining his light with them every day. And of course, that I do my best teaching them with what I've learned all these years in college. My name is Maddie Dunning, and I'll be graduating from Wauseon High School next Sunday. And in July, I'm going to be going to Tony and Guy. It's a hair school. And I guess just praying that everything works out for me. Hey, thank you so much. And what we got each of them um, was, since we're talking about bricks, and your name is written on a brick, no, we didn't just get you a brick. We got you something besides that. Um, but we each got a brick, and it's, you know, it's something that now, after seeing that my name was written on a brick, you know, it's something I put on my bookshelf. And it reminds me to continue to have faith, because so many times when I'm sitting at my desk, and things don't seem to be going as I wish they'd be going, I'm able to look at that and say, you know what, God, I need to dig deep in my faith, and my faith will be tested. But when it is tested, I'm able to overcome each and everything. So grab a brick and grab a devotional book. We have it each bookmarked to today's passage, which I think is brilliant. So um, go through and grab each of those and have a seat. Let's give them a hand. As we close up today, 
I would encourage you to do a couple of things. Um, first thing is, um, if you have a welcome card, you haven't ever figured, filled one of these out, please take a moment and fill that out and drop that back there in our blessings box so that we can connect with you. I know that many times people think, I've been coming here for a long time, but maybe you don't get a call, maybe you don't connect with us because we don't have any of your information. So feel free to drop that back there in the blessings box filled out. Um, so join with me as we pray. Heavenly Father, we just pray for our graduates. We pray that you will be with each and every one of them and that you will help them in their faith as they go off to college. That this will be a time when their faith will be tested, but they will stand firm in their faith. They will draw closer to you in their faith. And Lord, we just pray that we each know that the love of Christ is for us, not against us, and that we can take special, special care in that. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.